0: Felix here, and good morning to you. We've got an insane day, an absolutely insane day. The job state are just out, is like out of this world, allegedly twice bigger than we thought. We've got Meta literally up 17% right now, Amazon up 6%, Apple down 3.5%, like, so how do we make sense of this all? I'm going to guide you through just the way a broker would in the mornings, briefing his troops and his clients. I would walk you through the data points, explain what they mean, look out the Amazon earnings, look at the detail of the stuff we've just got out, and then actually form that into a coherent way we can make money out of this. That's the mission. That's the vision. Ask me lots of questions, smash the you-know-what, and let's dive into it. I'm going to share my screen with you a little bit. One thing's first, though. Someone asked me by email this morning, like, what's the one thing I can do to really move the needle? And I said, it's not picking the greatest stocks. It's not finding the 10x stock. It's not any of that. It's not finding the greatest trade. It's just putting more money into the market. That's the secret. That's honestly the secret. You put money into the market, you're probably going to get a 19x on average over the next 25 years or so. And That lever is something you want to leverage. And how do I do that? I do that by making more money every week that I can then put back into the market. If you want to know how we do that, come and join me live on Tuesday. I break down the whole strategy for you, show you exactly what I do. I'll do some live trading with you and I'll give you my strategy. Okay. org slash webinar. Check it out. It's free of charge. And sign up, grab yourself a seat. Now, I don't really know where to begin, honestly. Just like This is the heat map. Apple minus three and a half percent. Meta plus 16. Microsoft and Google can't quite decide. And the S&P right now is basically flat. It was green earlier by about a percentage point. The QQQ is still green pre-market, the NASDAQ. But we've got an absolute shocker of data out here. Let me zoom in on it for you. Here we go. So we were expecting... We were expecting non farm payrolls to come in at about 170, 180,000. Get a different color pen. We got apparently 353,000 jobs created. Now, I haven't seen that data underneath it, but I would suspect most of those were in McDonald's toilets or something like that. But that's just the shenanigans we've been going through. But the unemployment rate has stayed flat, which also makes you think that that data is like what? And it gets worse, unfortunately. So why is it bad? Isn't it a good thing? Soft landing and all that? Well, not really, because the Fed can't really cut rates when the labor market's tight. Hourly earnings month on month are up 0.6% double. Double what we were expecting. That's wage inflation. We don't like that. Participation rates stayed flat. That's kind of a good thing. And weekly hours worked actually down, which is a bit confusing. If the labor market was this tight, would that really be happening? Well, they are making that shit up. Um, the government has once again hired almost double the amount of people we we're expecting them to, just part of the drive to communism. And then non-farm payrolls private here coming in at double what we thought Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just not logical. But that's what the headline data is. The market's kind of looking at this and going, (laughs) you expect us to believe this? And I think that's why the reaction is so muted. If this data is true, the market should be down a percent today. But I don't think anybody believes the data. Um, If this data was true, I think unemployment should have come down. It hasn't. So it's probably a load of nonsense made up by a bunch of statisticians hoping to get certain people re-elected. Here it is again, phoenixruns.org slash webinar. Sign up. It'll literally take you to a page. Looks, it's just like this. All you're going to do, put your name and email in there, um, register, and you get yourself a free seat. And let's dive a little deeper, shall we? What's the impact of this? What's actually happened here with this? Well, the first thing that happened is the US 10-year exploded the US two-year went up 4%, as I just checked, and it's bouncing off this very, very long-term trend line we've been on. And what does that mean? It's very simple. Higher yields should mean lower stock prices. This is the way it works. Right? You can't, can't have both things going up, at least not in the long run. Um, here's the data again. We just saw that. And, and the real impact is in this, See if I can get this on the screen here for you. A month ago, 70% of the market was expecting a rate cut in March. This is the March rate cut expectation. Right now, it's 20% after today's data. So we've gone down from 70 to just 20 There'll be no March rate cut, I'm afraid. Sorry to say, folks. I know it would have been nice. We could have had a party and all that kind of thing. But the moment, it doesn't look like it unless the labor market goes insanely nuts and, uh, you know, one of the statisticians drops dead or something. But it's not all bad. It really isn't. This is a sell-side indicator, SSI for those in the know. Smash the you-know-what and you'll be there as well. 75 likes only, 350 people on the on the fence going, who's this nutter? And we have some room to go up, essentially, till we hit the red line on here is resistance. We have a fair bit to break through there. You can also really break through those in bubbles. We're not quite there yet. So that's quite positive. There is room to go up. If you look at... The blackout period, it's over, it's over. What does that mean? It means companies can buy back their own shares again, which is supportive for the market because it's like deflation basically. Less shares out there means the remaining shares are worth more and this is of course a good thing. So we were in this monster blackout period from the end of the year and that's really, really kind of fizzling out here In um, one February, and it'll be completely over basically by about the middle of February, and then they can buy, buy, buy their own shares again. So this is a supportive thing. So this is actually good. We've gotten through the worst of it without you know too much of a of a bloody nose. I don't think this is that interesting. And we've passed it. (laughs) <laughs> uh the nasdaq is in its upwards channel trajectory remains there we wanted to stay above the sort of seventeen thousand one hundred and fifty let's have a look where it's trading right here right now uh da, 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 da. N-, n n d x where is it um oh, we need futures it's too early for that isn't it nasdaq futures NQ. Here we go. Here she is at 17,500. So we are pretty freaking safe for the moment to still have this upward momentum. And look, the NASDAQ is actually up 0.4% despite this data. And that's because nobody, nobody believes Biden's jobs data. Now, is that just the thing that Biden came up with? Nope. Every president before him did it too. And we're going to bash them all, no matter who's in the office. Couldn't care less. You know, Republican, independent, communist, whatever. It's all the same thing to me. Now, inflation. This is from the good old folks at Goldman Sachs, the bankers with a big heart. You know, the warm and fuzzy ones. You always see them in soup kitchens and that sort of thing. Lovely people. Really lovely people. And they're saying that the PCE price inflation, which is the Fed's favorite inflation, by middle of the year is actually going to be at about 2.1%, which is freaking close to the 2% goal. So we should be getting some serious rate cuts probably in May, or if they're really, really of the cautious type, then on the next one. Uh, that's what Goldman says. And then, you know, Goldman's runs the world, Illuminati, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, inflation expectations are also coming down, which is brilliant. So people inf- expect less inflation. They ask for smaller wage increases and so on. So inflation does seem to have been uh, been fought quite nicely. The US 10-year dipping here quite nicely as well, but probably going slightly in the wrong direction. Now, we've had gold this morning getting slightly hammered because I set up a gold trade yesterday, which is slightly irritating, but it's all right. Don't worry. It's a small move. And you'd expect that. You'd expect the dollar to go up. You'd expect gold to come down this morning on this data, even though nobody believes it. And there is still a lot of money in the kitty. Why is there a lot of money in the kitty? Because there is money market money, which is money in basically bonds. And that's a lot of it. And it's more than ever because, well, the Fed and Papa Biden helicopter money, all of that during COVID there's a lot of money about. And when the rates and the yields go down more, more of this money is going to find its way into stocks where the yields will be bigger. And yields actually starting to look pretty good again in the MAX 7. I just... Put out a video on that, or I'm about to put out a video on that. Someone's doing the timestamps, which is the one thing I really, really loathe. But let's just look at Apple here. And just to give you some perspective, Apple is down 3.3%. Is that justified? I mean, watch the full video coming out later today, but iPhone sales are up. I thought that was the one thing that was definitely going to go down. Nope, they sold $69 billion of Apple iPhones in one quarter. No one buys iPhones anymore, no. They're like 2 billion devices in use, something like that, which is an ecosystem you could monetize the heck out of if you wanted to. And they're starting to do that with services, which is up 11%, which is pretty great. Okay, the iPad is dead 25% down and the watch also nobody wants at the moment. Well, they're still told still 12 billion of them. So one or two people bought them. So revenue overall up 2%, which isn't amazing, but margins are up, operating profits are up, net profits are up to 33 billion. So is this a business we should be worried about? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that services is going to grow into a bigger unit than the iPhone. And how do you do that? Subscriptions, advertising—that's where you got it. You just got to think of some services you can push through the phone that you can monetize at ninety percent gross margins versus, you know, forty-six percent or forty percent or something on the iPhone. Uh, You do that, bops your uncle. Look at Amazon. Core business has incredibly, really, really shitty margins, and then they're strapping on all this glorious stuff, and they're making a lot of money. So, Apple's good. I don't have an issue with it. Obviously, that's not financial advice. It's just me. But yeah, Apple iPhone revenue here. Look at that. December, oh, this quarter, that's a pretty good quarter. It's better than last year. It's not quite as good as 2021, but then they haven't come up with a single innovation in two years. So it's not exactly or three years. Not exactly surprising. Revenue is actually ticking up here after four miserable quarters. So that's also good news. And... Apple sales are, can you see that? There's a sales by region. So Asia, except for Japan, is doing really pretty well. Europe, big growth. China, big growth, big surprise there. And then, sorry, that was the Americas. Rest of Asia is uh, is also growing a lot. So across the board, they're really growing, like very significantly. Um yeah, China is not its not the future for Apple. It just isn't going to be. It's going to be that negative chart for a while. But look at Japan, right? Look at the rest of the world. They're doing just fine. I don't really think I'm too worried about it. They invented the USB-C, did they? Did they? I thought they were forced to do that by the European Union. Those lovely people who really have your, uh, you know. <laughs> iPhone, iPad, Mac, wearable sales in millions. This is for the line I like. That one there, that blue line I'm pointing out is services. That's the future for me. That's the future. You get that right? I mean, they're already getting that right. But uh, 20-something billion sales, 22 billion in sales, that's going to exceed hardware sales, I'm telling you. And here it is, Apple service revenue. That's a glorious chart. So it's becoming a service business. It's absolutely freaking wonderful. It's easier to do. It's cheaper to deliver. It's higher margin. don't have to make pesky things in, in strange countries, you know. Uh, what about Amazon? Let's run through that quickly as well. That's the other one. And Amazon right now up 6%, Meta up 16% still, which is kind of bonkers. And um, Danzo, just because you don't use Facebook and you haven't in 10 years doesn't mean the other billion people who are using it today aren't. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say that one person not using it doesn't really make much of a case. It's, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm getting more and more into Instagram. I think it's actually a very, very cool platform um, to put out and reach out, reach more people, which is always my goal. So Amazon, what have we got? Online store sales, 9% up um third party sellers 20% up advertising 27% up and that's the bit of the business i love 15 billion in advertising and 10 billion in subscriptions to me that's glorious aws growing at 13% another 25 billion to me that's that's the future that's the amazon couldn't give a hoot about the amazon.com business but amazon.com allows them to get the advertising money and the subscription money which is incredibly high margin which is why gross profit margins increased, operating margins increased, net profits increased. So, doing a good job. Hate to say it, doing a good job. So, do we need to walk through every bit of data here? Probably not. If you want to get your hands on that, like, um, I'll share it in the community later on. But Amazon, the profit margins here, we're now second quarter in a row, just under 8%. That's nice and stable and steady. Uh, I think they can push that up some more as the service part of it, again, you know, it improves. Uh just revenue growth is a little is a little on the weak side. Definitely a little on the weak side. But you know, there is a private sector recession going on. I know nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to believe it. Oh yeah, and we got banks. We've got banks failing. Has anybody noticed? <laughs> We've got these banking charts here. we have got Western Alliance Bank Corp down here. You've got Zions Bank Corp. You've got Charles Schwab who is, yeah, not looking wonderful. Uh, Huntington and somewhere, where did they go? PacWest, Bancorp. Can't see it on the chart, actually. But, yeah, small regional banks, as this chart says, the banking crisis is back. This was the S&P. and p freaked out. And then people woke up and it said, Oi, you bankers, let me explain this to you. A banking crisis is Good for stocks. It means we're going to get rate cuts. It means they're going to stop shredding money, and we're going to get a bailout. Woohoo! Communism. That's basically where we're going. So, the banking crisis that's brewing again is going to be good, and the regional banking ETF seems to have also recognized that. That oh, don't worry about it. You're going to get bailed out. Who cares? Who cares? Right. So. That's a funny story. Let's move past a couple of these here. But yeah, March rate cuts odds. And now they're not actually, as this chart says, at 39%. Let me show it to you um, live. Hang on. You can literally look this up live. 17.5%. See that here? There it is. 17.5% is not the expectation. Yesterday it was 38%. You thought there was going to be a rate cut. A week ago it was half the people, 17%. So nobody thinks there's going to be a rate cut now in March. And therefore you'd expect the markets to like collapse and go up in flames. But no, the Nasdaq is actually up 0.4%. Why? You have to write a love letter to Papa Zuckerberg, uh, that slightly creepy chap, uh, to thank him for his um, service to humanity you know, well, to the stock market today, because that's what they're going up. This was yesterday. We don't need to go into that too much. I think crude oil is coming down, which makes no sense. No sense, honestly. Really bizarre. Um, you would expect, with well, it's going on in the Middle East. It would be going down. Let's have a look at the yields charts live and the dollar index life as well. I know I've got the chart in here. Oh yeah, this is another one. This is also why we're getting bailed out. Reverse repo is getting drained and drained and drained. uh, And and therefore, as it gets to zero and expires on the 11th of March, they have to come up with something else. They have to call it something else, but it'll be a bailout for the idiotic banks, right? Bitcoin, doing pretty well. Ethereum, doing pretty well. So the risk assets are on. Um, Are you on for Tuesday to learn how we trade one stock? three rules 75% win ratio we did it yesterday we did a live trading session you could watch me live uh, 150 of you also tuned in from the student body and I think we're making money aren't we I think we're making money so check it out FelixFriends.org slash webinar we're up like I don't know a percentage point or something this morning and I suspect we're going to close with a nice nice tight little profit uh, today I might even trade a couple of these things I mean Apple looks kind of interesting, possibly, to look at. Um, Google. Did we do Google yesterday? I can't remember. I might have, a look, have to have a look at that. That might be worth a trade. Um, and then with, what are you going to do with Meta, I mean, it's just black and bullish, isn't it, really? Uh, shoot me your questions uh, into the chat. Let's have a look at what Bloomberg makes of it all. Women drive U.S. jobs gains with more entering the workforce. Bloody women. Got five of them on the chat here, apparently. <laughs> For some reason, 95% of my viewers are male. I am the, uh, the woman repellent uh, as I sit here. So, um, yeah. But the Fed is actually going to like that. The Fed is going to like more people entering the workforce. That's really what they want. Whether you are a woman or an illegal entering in the labor market, they don't care. They like you equally. Employment rate, however, 3.7% kind of means it's a bit meaningless. The wage gains data could be seasonal. I, I don't really. Um, here it is male employment monthly change, female employment monthly change. Now, not to be rude, but a lot of female jobs are part time. I suspect this is all going to come out as a total part time nothing burger. Uh, that's usually what happens with NFP data.